Welcome to TFL's Capital Connection, your source for insider information on what's going on in the policy battles and the spiritual battles at the Iowa Capitol. My name is Drew Zahn, the Family Leaders Director of Communications, and I am here with Chuck Hurley and Ryan Benn, two of the gentlemen who are at work at the Iowa Capitol each and every day. The legislature is in session and beyond. These are two of our policy uh, gurus, our experts, as you will. Uh, we've got uh, a handful of exciting things to talk about today. Number one, uh, a prayer request going out on what is our uh, biggest pro-life uh, priority this year, the Baby Olivia Bill. We're going to get into that in just a moment. We're talking about Religious Freedom Restoration Act and TFL's work to protect kids online, particularly in the area of social media. And then finally, we're going to conclude and tell you a little bit of good news about what's going on with the expansion of the family leader's uh, successful model of ministry across this country. I'll give you a brief highlight on that. But let's go back and start talking about Baby Olivia. Now, if you have not seen the Meet Baby Olivia video, I want to tell you right now, you can go to thefamilyleader.com. You'll see a picture of the, the baby in the womb there. Opportunity to watch the video yourself and, and this is important, and see a document that cites and documents all of the scientific backing and reasoning and justification for every single line in that video. This is a scientifically accurate and backed up expert supported video on how life develops in the womb. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. But speaking of people who are being told otherwise, Chuck, in our meeting this morning, you talked about asking for prayer for this bill, and, and I don't necessarily need to get into the why we need prayer up at the Capitol per se on this, but prayer for this bill because of how important it is. It seems to me, uh, Drew and listeners, that if, let's say, two or 300,000 Iowa school children saw a beautiful video, an accurate video, each year in their human growth and development curriculum, showing that uh, each of us started as small humans and grew and all the amazing things that happen with our hearts developing and skin and eyeballs and all that stuff. And just in a beautiful uh, depiction of that. Which is what Baby Olivia's the video is. Which is what it does, that that was maybe change some hearts and minds. And we have some hearts and minds that need to be changed on this. I was shocked and appalled and angered and, and, and almost devastated when I heard a number. Um, Ohio voted last November to allow abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy in Ohio. These were Ohio voters across the state. It was a referendum. And 82% of Gen Z, which is the youngest generation that can vote right now, uh, voted. 82% voted for abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy. That tells me that our young people really don't know what's going on inside the womb. Yeah, shocker alert right there. Put on the red siren and make sure you pay attention to this concept because the idea that we would allow abortion, we would allow babies in the womb to be slaughtered all the way up to the day before they're born, vast majority of Americans oppose that. Last time I saw a stat on it, it was only about 13 to 15% of Americans as a whole uh, are that extreme on the issue of abortion. And yet, just had a vote, state of Ohio, 
the youngest generation, it's not 13 or 15%. It was 82%. You know, when you and I, Chuck, we're a little bit older. There's gray in our beards, not so much in Ryan's over there. But uh, There's some there. <laughs> Last couple of years. <laughs> when we were young, we may have seen videos much like uh, Baby Olivia. I, I know I'd seen videos like this uh, depicting that life in the womb. And that's moving, uh, I know you and your story in particular, yeah. Chuck, you want to share a little bit about what moved your heart? On sure. Co-life? I was a teenager, grew up in the era of Roe versus Wade. Um, all my friends understood that abortion was available whenever you needed it. Um, I was changed from pr- 100% pro-abortion to 100% pro-life. I- I'm not exaggerating. In, l- in less than one second, I saw a picture of an aborted baby. And it reminded me of the pictures of the people in uh, Nazi death camps. It was that gross. And I knew immediately that that was a baby, and that baby had been killed, and that baby was innocent. So pictures are worth a thousand words. They do touch people's hearts and minds. Seeing is believing in, in the sense of just recognizing the humanity of that little child. And this video is worth a million words because it goes through all the the stages. Yeah, and let's be clear. The Baby Olivia video does not show uh, photos of aborted babies. That's not the issue. The video itself simply shows life developing within the womb, what it looks like from the very fertilization of of the egg all the way through those nine months. And when you see that, it just demonstrates the humanity. Exactly. And maybe once upon a time, kids were showed that, that video in schools. But when 82% of kids are coming out of high school, hitting those first voting years, and they say, ah, kill kids all the way through nine months, somebody is not getting the picture of what's going on in the womb. That's right. And we need to change that in Iowa. And um, it's obvious to me there's a spiritual element here, Drew, because when we were testifying on the Baby Olivia bill in the House and in the Senate, uh, there were actual adults in the room who were saying, don't show this to kids. You know who those adults in the room were? They were representing abortionists. It was the Planned Parenthood lobbyists who were saying, don't show this to kids. You know why? Because it could blow up their business model. It could blow up the fact that they abort several thousand babies every year here in Iowa. I know I've been stunned up at the Capitol a couple of times when I was there observing testimony, and we would present the simple fact, hey, this little child in her mother's womb, she's a baby. And then I'd see a young lady get up and say, that's not a baby, that's a parasite. And my heart just sank. It's like, do you know nothing? And I think sometimes the answer is, correct. They don't know what they're advocating for. And when you see this child growing, which is what happens you know, I, I'm a dad. You're a dad. I've seen the ultrasounds. Uh, I know what those pictures look like. Um, yeah, just an opportunity to bring truth back into Iowa's uh, health and human development classes. Yes, and this isn't some new angle that uh, we, we need a whole new law for. We already have a law on the books, Iowa Code 256.11, that says that students in Iowa's public schools shall be taught, quote, human growth and development, unquote. Well, that baby is a human, and it's growing, and it's developing. So show it to the kids. I mean, it's part of the law. But because it has implications for uh, saying that baby should be protected, 
That's where the spiritual and the and, you know just the clash of cultures come in. We had abortion on demand in America for forty nine and a half years, and it's just hard turning that ship. But this video could be a huge step in turning that ship in the minds and hearts of Iowa school children. The video is the truth. It's that simple. But as Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. Yep. So we're seeking to see. So there is a spiritual uh, battle going on around this particular bill. And so we're asking you, we're asking you first and foremost, would you be in prayer? Be in prayer that uh, the, the forces of darkness that are aligned against this, that would like to keep this issue in the dark, not let people know what's really going on inside the womb. Uh, just pray, Lord uh, God, just ask that those obstacles will be cleared, that the, the blinders would be dropped, uh, and that this bill would advance and be passed. And then, you know, like I said before, check out thefamilyleader.com, watch the video yourself, see the scientific backing for it. I want to turn then, since we're talking about going to our website, I want to turn to uh, Ryan Ben over there. Uh, he helped develop an article that's up on our website now about the family leader's other priority this year. We have a handful of priorities, of course, but another priority, which is protecting kids online. Ryan, tell us what the family leader is doing to protect kids online. Yeah, there, there are two parts to what we're trying to do. One, we're trying to protect kids from pornography that's online, readily available, um, you know, back in the day, not, not when I was a kid, but when you guys were kids, <laughs> you, had, you had to go to like, you know, a brick and mortar store to buy the magazine. Um, and those are, those are blocked off people who are under 18. You can't get them. Or at least you're not supposed to be able to. But right today, kids get that stuff on the internet and there's way more than you can ever get in some brick and mortar store. And so we, we've got to start doing something about that. Um, states around the country are starting to try to address that issue. We've uh, had uh, Utah, Louisiana, uh, Texas has tried, Virginia has tried. So we'd like to Iowa to be the next state that addresses that issue to protect kids from pornography. Um, uh, it has long-term lasting harms, and it's, it's addictive. And the younger you see it, the more addictive it is. And so uh, we'd really like to see that issue addressed. And the other one that maybe needs a little more explanation is we'd like to see um, – the dangers on social media address as well. And, and the way we'd like to do that is we'd like to empower parents to be able to monitor what their kids are doing online a little better. People don't typically think of social media as dangerous. Um, well, maybe more people do now, but I know growing up, I never thought that. Um, but it's having huge impacts on, on mental health and increasing suicides. Um, that's actually become pretty you know, nonpartisan uh, accepted fact these days. And so uh, we, we'd like to see parents be uh, put in charge on whether their, their child can have an account in the first place, but then once they do, to have like oversight, you know, administrative uh, access to that account. So those are the two issues we're really focusing on. Empower parents, protect kids, strengthen families. Sounds like a job for the Sa family sound leader. Sound familiar? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's touch also upon another bill that has been uh, years, uh, more than a dozen years uh, in the making that saw a significant hurdle passed this past week, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. What happened there? Yeah, for new listeners, um, just to give a little bit of history, for, for many of you listeners, you've heard about this now for the last several years because we have tried at the Family Leader now for over 13 years to restore religious freedom to our courts. Uh, back in 1990, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a really bad ruling that, uh, that took religious freedom which is in the First Amendment to the First U.S. First Amendment, Bill of Rights. Yeah, it's the very first right mentioned in our Bill of Rights. It took it from a very high protected status like 
freedom of speech is and freedom of the press. Uh, and it dropped it down to basically just any other old right that we might have or might not have. Uh, it just really degraded religious liberty terribly. Well, a near-unanimous United States Congress, including people like Chuck Schumer, who we don't think of as a religious conservative, he's not, uh, people like Bill Clinton signed the bill, they passed a federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act. But the problem is each state also has to pass their own. So now 34 state courts. Because they're state courts. So, mm-hmm. so now 34 of the 50 states have Religious Freedom Restoration Acts either in a statute or in a court ruling. Iowa has neither. So it's high time. 13 years ago, I was testifying on this bill uh, in the Iowa House. And now, finally, we've come around the third base line, and we're headed for home. It passed this RIFRA, we call it Religious Freedom Restoration Act, passed the Iowa Senate last week. Fabulous, huge win. Has Big. not happened before. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're... The House has passed RIFRA out of the House Judiciary Committee. It's now ready to be debated on the in the full House. If the full House passes it, it goes to the governor, and we're confident the governor will sign it. And one of the reasons uh, a bill like this is needed, because we've seen in states that don't have the RIFRA uh, or their courts don't back up the RIFRA or whatnot, uh, we've seen, I think, particularly in Colorado, I also think of the florist out in Washington, where a, a conflict arises between a state interest and an individual who's trying to live out their faith in the specific, specifically in the marketplace or in their business, and a lawsuit arises. And, and that's why RIFRA seems slightly uh, in the weeds just a little bit, but it's important because when this lawsuit arises and out in California, or excuse me, out in Colorado or in, in Washington, and it came to the, the judge, the judge sees, oh, I have a religious liberty claim on this side and a state interest on this side, and basically said, ah, eh, forget that religious liberty thing. That's not important. Literally, that's what happened to the, uh, your fundamental religious liberty rights, where the courts say, without a law like RIFRA in place, mm, that, that right just isn't as important as what the state's trying to do here. Yep. Um, and states that they do have a RIFRA in place, instead, the court is instructed to take a look and understand, no, religious liberty is an important individual right. And it's not just for Sunday morning or Saturday night. It is an important religious right that has to be, or important fundamental right, that has to be taken into account. So as, as we're, the, the, with RIFRA, it isn't necessarily another misconception that's out there. It isn't necessarily a bill that picks who wins that court case. Right. We're not about picking who wins and who loses in these court cases. We're about just making sure that all, in this case it's Iowans, all Iowans, regardless of what religion or non-religion you have, when you're in court and you're making a claim, hey, this violates my religious liberty, that that means something in court and isn't just automatically dismissed. The really profound part of this is that many of our founders back in the 1600s and the 1700s came to the United States uh, because of religious persecution. And so here we are. We've regressed. It's time to bring religious liberty back to its hallowed state that this country really was built on. So it's really cool that we're close here in Iowa. Excellent. Uh, Big victory last week and still needed to pass the House. Mm -hmm. And then have the governor sign it. That's right. Okay. Well, at this point in the broadcast, we uh, typically uh, would have uh, a member of our church ambassador network 
uh, team with us. Today, we don't have one of those folks with us because we have a team from Texas happens to be in town uh, running the Church Ambassador Network down in Texas. Uh, and, and I just got to give people a bit of a background on what's happening here. Uh, the, the family leader in Iowa has been so tremendously successful in bringing a paradigm of elections and policy and the church ambassador network, both sides, policy and ministry, lobbyists and pastors, bringing this comprehensive approach to engaging government, bringing Christians to talk to policy issues, but bringing Christians to talk to spiritual issues as well. That paradigm has been so successful here in Iowa through the work of the family leader that we often have folks in other states saying, hey, we ought to be doing this in our state. Hey, wouldn't it be great if there was a family leader in Iowa or in whatever state they're in? And I'm talking today about Texas. Um, And so several years ago, uh, the family leader uh, heard that call with the encouragement and the help of some fantastic individuals, partners, donors across the country, and started taking that paradigm to other states and saying, yeah, let us help you in your state, and every state's different, and let us encourage you and even mentor you in the success we've had in Iowa, replicate it in your state. We call that, that whole initiative, that whole strategy, the Daniel Impact. And today... I've just got news. The Daniel Impact is working in 20 out of our 50 U.S. states. The team from Texas happens to be here today. We'll see the team from Georgia and the team from Arkansas and so forth. There's other states we're working on as well. Uh, But we are continuing to add more and more states trying to bring this model a part of what this podcast is all about, The, the policy side and the spiritual side working together uh, to advance not political ends, but to advance righteous policy, to advance the kingdom of God in the hearts of men, and of course women and families uh, all across this country. So exciting news this week with the uh, RIFRA, exciting news as we see Texas in town, as we continue to expand the Daniel Impact, and in need of your prayers regarding the Baby Olivia Bill. Please do go to thefamilyleader.com, check out the Baby Olivia video and scientific backing up thereof, and more news about Family Leader, protecting kids online at the Family leader.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com/give.